It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. And we're back, Bear Sports Podcast. It is Jackson and Kevin for this week's episode. Uh, Jackson, we're kind of we're coming back to Thursday night's game against the Commanders, and so like we've had a pretty much a full week out to kind of let everything settle in. But yeah, I know in in like during the game during the Thursday night football game last week, it was a complete shit show. It was not, yeah. I mean, were, to be fair, I was at a shit show myself because I got pretty drunk. Oh, and then, I mean, me and Tim were texting back and forth. He called me during, uh, like, at the end of the fourth quarter. And then, we, I know, we were talking on a group message. But, like, you, the, the previous Thursday night, the Colts-Broncos game was a, just a boring, bad game. And so you can't possibly imagine that the following game, this Bears-Commanders game, is going to be that yeah. bad. And it lived up to the hype. It was that bad of a game. Yeah. Um, I remember – so I went out both times on Thursday. Um, one one was just I, – I didn't expect to just go out to watch the Colts-Broncos game. I just went out with a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was on, and football was on. Yeah, gotta, and, and we were, like, ca- casually watching the game. We're like, this game is, like, really boring. And <laughs> yeah. obviously we were at, like, an Irish pub close to my apartment, and – you know, it's not like a super loud bar, but you can't really hear the audio. Um, so you didn't, you know, I didn't know about the, uh, you know, the Al Michaels, you know, comments of how boring the game was until uh, the next morning. And when I read them, they're like, okay, this is pretty funny. And then, you know, at my uh, work one uh, Friday morning meeting uh, where we catch up on everyone's projects, uh, my boss is from Denver, and she was like, oh, my God, that game last night was just boring as hell. I'm like, well, America, get ready, because there's going to be even a worse game, and it's going to be next week, and it's going to be Washington and Chicago, and everyone's like, yeah. Well, and everyone's, and I mean, everyone makes that joke. You made that joke. I'm sure I made that joke during the week, but and like, it in up, the back Yeah, of, it was on par with it. At least, back, I think the Chicago one was a better game, though. Yeah, like, well, it in was the back of your head, you're like, in the back of your head, you're like, there's no way that this game is that as bad. Like, it might, it's just bad teams playing, but it's going to be like a legit football game. Maybe low scoring, whatever. But there was, still a, there still was more scoring game. in the week before. Yeah. And this week had two touchdowns. <laughs> that's, that's saying something. <laughs> there were two more touchdowns in the Bears Washington game than the Indianapolis Denver game. But, well, like, I think what just makes it so frustrating is that the Bears were driving the ball so many times, and then just coming away with nothing. Well, I was going to say, where do you want to start? But I guess we should probably start with Justin Fields. And, it, and I feel this whole season up to this point, and then yeah. from this point on, is going to be, is he? Is it his fault that the Bears aren't scoring? Is it the people around him? Because he has no people around him. Yeah, so like, and just, just what is your, like, if, from what you've seen in these first couple games, what is just kind of your take on Justin uh, Fields at this point? I think you can see Fields definitely has talent. There, he is athletic. I think he is 
built to, for a today's modern quarterback. You know, tall, strong, big legs, big arm, moves, quick feet. Um, you know, I, I get the knocks on him that he holds the ball too long. Did he hold the ball too long at Ohio State? Yeah. Does he probably hold the ball too long because, one, is it a bad habit still? Prob- yeah, yeah. But it's also like our wide receivers just not getting open. They, and that, yeah, that yeah. Like, that could be like, you know, 45% of the equation. I wish, I wish, I mean, I'm sure there's like the camera angles out there. I wish you could like watch the game like zoomed out to see like, I mean, oh, I'm, yeah. there, there are like, plays like, that, like Madden, Madden like level type of thing. Yeah, they're like, back. There are definitely plays where, you know, like, and and who knows, like, if it's the, it could be there are plays where guys are open, but it's the fourth read, and like you, he doesn't have enough time to progress through all four reads. But right. there are definitely times where you see him, and there's a guy who's open, like in the flat or you know, down the field, whatever maybe. But I I just I just don't think like like I said if you could see that zoomed out picture, if these guys are getting open. Like, I, I just don't know. Yeah, and, like, the left side of the offensive line is scary. Um, you know, Mustaford is not good. And granted, to, to be fair from Mustaford, I think no one really noticed him until the Giants game. That's where he got really exposed. Mm-hmm. And now it's been, did, three, it's been three bad weeks in a he row. He did have a good acting performance in uh, oh, his attempting to get pushed over. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty That's funny. Uh, Braxton Jones, I mean, is kind of Braxton Jones. I feel like I think I texted this to you guys, or maybe I texted to my cousin. I was pretty drunk on Thursday. <laughs> um, I think it was actually to my cousin. Now I think about it, is he is the uh, Kyler Gordon of the offense, right? And I, to be fair, I think you get real value out of someone out of the fifth or sixth round who's a starter on your left tackle. Like hypothetically, that is value. Mm-hmm. Problem is, you're protecting someone's blind side, and if you're getting beat up, you're gonna. That means you're gonna get the quarterback beat up too. Yeah, so like it, it's, and, it's and just that, gonna be really big growing pains. In that in that situation, I totally agree that like from uh, he was what the fifth fifth round pick, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Fifth round pick, like for a guy who's gonna be a fifth round pick starting every snap at left tackle, like you're gonna obviously, like you said, have growing pains. It just sucks that. He's if it was like, if it was, yeah, if it was like yeah. a quarterback who we knew wasn't going to be on the team next year and like we didn't right. want to see grow, like, you'd be like, okay, whatever, like Andy Dalton's getting hit, whatever. We know the Bears aren't going to be good, but because it's, it's Justin Fields. It's kind of like letting your like 16 year old son or, or daughter drive like a really nice car. You're like, well, they're going to become yeah. a better driver, but they crash a car, they still. Yeah, crash but, a really nice car. But your your car is going to probably have uh, dings and dents that yeah, you, you that ruined there before. Type of thing. Um, I think the play selection this week was a lot better. I think Getsy I agree. Actually, I agree. I, I think Getsy actually called a pretty good game. Um, you know, I think you know Jenkins looked better. I I still don't think a lot. I think you can Jenkins is. A building block. I don't think he's a guaranteed building block, um, sort of say, just because you know he's still being evaluated. Same thing with Borum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not fun having the offensive line grow with Fields at a slow rate because that means things aren't working. And you know, when you only spend about five million dollars on wide receivers, you, you're going to get five million dollars in return. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like Pettis is bad. Mm-hmm. And I get that he got mugged on that call on that third third and goal play. Hey, he did catch a touchdown. He catch a touchdown. I actually thought it was gonna be incomplete. I, I Yeah, thought I thought he didn't get two feet in. Yeah. Um but like he probably should have even though he got pass interference on him, mm-hmm. a good wide receiver gets that call and still probably even catches that ball. Yeah. Um I think you saw you know, I think the, the, it's now becoming consensus of what we were saying this last year. And I'll say this team bearer has been saying this for a while. You know, we like Darnell Mooney, but Darnell Mooney's not a true number one. Yeah, a true number one. And, and, I mean, true sure number we'll one to catches it. that ball. Yeah, they, they get to where they're supposed to. Well, they catch it initially. Right. They don't bobble it and then catch the bobble and then get stuffed. But a true number one, like, you, is probably going to be in the end zone. Like, make make the route. You probably don't have to even make like that hard of a throw if you're just gonna like throw it up. If you have like uh, Devonta Adams or Mike Evans, some of that like nature, and they're bigger guys, and Mooney's not a bigger guy. But like when you think of like your stereotypical number one wide receiver, you're, th- you're thinking of like a six one, six, six three. Two. Yeah. I mean, and you have your Tyree kills, and you know that's an outlier. But like you think someone that you can just throw it up to, and they're gonna catch it. And I would have loved to see in that situation. And I know we're kind of like going back and forth about where we were talking about I, fields when I were on this, but Cole Komet, like you're the big guy. How come we're not? Yeah. And I think you're starting to see things with Cole Komet. I, I think he is getting better. Um, you know, it's obviously a gradual improvement <laughs> to say the least. It's like yeah. watching it. It's like watching paint dry. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the pass that Fields missed, and, you you know, you're hearing the national media, like, was it probably all on him? No, the guy's got to run a better route. However, if you're the quarterback, you got to know who your personnel is, right? You have to know, like, this is not my number one tight end. Um, and the defense, I think what, when people are complaining, that, oh, it should have been Cole Komet on that play, probably. But, however, if they put Cole Komet in there, Cole Komet's going to get covered on that play, right? The reason why he was so wide open is Cole Komet wasn't on the field, and that allowed him to be wide open. Um, you know, and I think Fields, you know, he obviously takes credit for his mistakes and blames it. You know, he's like, yeah, I, I have to make that throw. And he does have to make that throw. Um, I actually think that was a really good play call. It just – when that play happened, I feel like, the stadium just like oh for never the air just it. deflated yeah. yeah yeah um but to go back to Mooney the thing that I hated about that play you know you're on the, you're on the five yard line and you and I have joked about this before when you were in DC or were watching the game it's just like I feel like when the Bears get between the five and ten yard line we're we're they're past the five yard line you know when they're in that that part of the first and goal, like they're never going to score. And now they can't three times, three times. Now they can't even score with inside the five yard line. Yeah. Um, The play call. I don't understand because I would have put fields in a shotgun situation where you could see it. He has, you know, obviously the option to go and run and get to the corner of the end zone. Um, I don't like the kind of sprint out, throw it on a drag, you know, and when you, when even 
why even your momentum's not carrying you forward into yeah. the end zone it's and carrying you why are you obviously the ball parallel to the throwing goal the line. ball at the goal line possibly and if it's a bad throw in the goal line you're not going to get it right you're going to be stopped short which which happened but throw the ball in the end zone get make it make it clear that you scored a touchdown right don't yeah. give it up to chance well and and, uh, and to go back to the Mooney number 1 thing like he's a smaller guy. If you're gonna throw that drag route that he caught, yeah, and that his like I said, his momentum's carrying him toward the out of bounds line, parallel with the goal line. Like he's he's not gonna fall into the end zone. He's not big enough to do that. Like, and I know that if he catches it before the bobble, it's probably a touchdown. But, but why give it up to chance? There. Exactly. Well, and then so here's the thing. So in uh. The big thing over the last couple of days, or right after the game, was some of the t- some of the talking heads here in Chicago. David Kaplan, primarily, um, they were saying that in those situations, other than the um, what was it, <clears throat> other than the one where Fields got picked off at the goal line. Yeah, those, that was bad. That was yeah. Bad. Like, should have we should have the Bears. Should the Bears have taken field goals in those situations where it warranted? Um, because they could possibly win the game if they do take those field goals. But I mean, listen, I'm I'm okay with them going. I'm okay with them going tough. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it. I think that they could have done it better. Like when when Khalil Herbert got stuffed at the goal line. Like, why is Montgomery in there? I know that you're taking right. series off or whatever, but like, I mean, me, you, and Tim all would have been like, let's put the guy who's could fall for, who could get stuck at the line but still fall forward for half a yard in David Montgomery. Yeah, I don't mind the the them going for it, but just like how they went for it, I might. Yeah, I, I think on it. that play with Herbert, I, I mean, to be fair, I'm not against Herbert running the ball. I think it does make sense to have Montgomery in there. But, you know, they did kind of learn their lesson from um, Green Bay. Is They didn't go shotgun, right? They went up the middle. However, their middle isn't good. I, I think in that situation where you – Their whole line's line, not good. <laughs> yeah, why don't you put in a fullback? Or put a fullback in and then motion a tight end. Mm-hmm. Or, or or not even have a fullback. Motion your tight end to the backfield to get an extra push in. Um especially since you know that your offensive line isn't good and you've been struggling inside the one-yard line, is just get an extra body in there, get that push, and then you can just run in. I don't have a problem with running it with Khalil Herbert. It does make more sense because Khalil Herbert was actually more productive than um, Montgomery was in that game based off of yards per catch, runs, you know, average rushing yards, and I get that Herbert had that 65-yard run. But – if you're going to go with Herbert, knowing that he isn't your big bruising running back, get another guy in there. Just get some extra pressure, right? Yeah. Clear up a hole. And if you want to run to the left side, you know you have to do that because Lucas Patrick hasn't looked good. Mustafer can't block his left side. And Jones is still a rookie. And this is where, like, I, I don't know if it's just – the like an analytics thing or a new NFL thing, but like you know when if you're thinking like our kind of growing up watching the NFL early two mm-hmm. thousands that 
if you're on the goal line, uh, you and you, let's say you have like a thunder and lightning kind of, right. you know, difference like of running back, shot. you're gonna put the guy who's the bruiser in at the goal line. Like you know, mm-hmm. you had. Uh, uh, I'm trying to. Th- uh, I had like, Michael oh, like, Scott. Or like Brandon, Bettis. Like, Jerome Bettis, Brandon Jacobs. When he had yeah. like him and Tiki Barber run the same team at at some point, but like you have a guy, and like you mentioned, we have a fullback on our roster. You'd think. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean give it to the fullback, but but in this situation, get a it's guy an extra body in. to blow something up. Exactly. Yep. When you know that the offensive line needs as much help as they can get, why not? But hey, what what do you? What are you gonna do? I feel like that's oh, well. the slogan for this for this team oh, this year. Well. What are you gonna do? You know, it's yeah. not it's not in the cards. I just saw, a, uh, well. I just saw a meme. I, I I will say this: anyone who questions Fields' toughness is insane. That guy was getting peeled off the ground. Yeah, um, and and you mentioned it earlier about how he has talent. Like he has, like you you see it, like you see glimpses of it where you're like, wow, this guy. I mean, and, and it's not. I feel like whenever I, people say that, it's like, oh yeah, he definitely uses his feet to get open. It's not even that. Like you can tell that he like has a great arm and like he's made great passes. Where like with Mitch, our last quarterback, like you don't, you never saw like anything where you're like, oh, okay, like here's something that we can kind of build on. Like, oh, this, I mean, the play that he got that, me excited. 40, that 35 yard run where he kind of how he was able to turn his shoulders and hips at the same time and just cut up the field. Um, you know, the best play they ran was like a 12 yard out route to, uh, Mooney where they ran a bootleg, they hit, ran a drag across the middle and boom, right there. First down. It's just yeah. like, do more of that. Uh, I, so have you seen the, uh, the new Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix show? I, I mean, I know all about it. I have not seen the Netflix series. Have you seen the series. memes? The memes about it? I have not seen the memes, but I, I'm okay, sure. So there's, there's one where... Dahmer makes his victims watch like The Exorcist three, mm. and he goes, you know, we're gonna watch this and then you can leave. So the meme is it's Dahmer, and on the TV it's Justin Fields like putting his head on his hand on his, his head and it says, "I told you we can watch the Chicago Bears and then you can leave." And then the caption is, "The NFL is forcing us to watch <laughs> the Bears in three prime time games in a span of six weeks." I, I will be honest. I don't know why we are stuck with the Bears and the Broncos on primetime TV. Oh, uh, Patriots, Patriots. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, the Broncos. Because the, the Broncos on, have been on Monday right, Night yes, Football sorry. twice. They've been on Sunday Bears, Night Football. Yeah. Correct. Thursday Night yeah, Football. The Broncos NFL made some poor choices. They did not even make the playoffs last year. Uh, like real quick, would you rather be in the Bears' shoes right now or the Broncos' shoes? Oh my God. Um. So like the Broncos have all the like they they have the the wide receivers they have I mean I know that their running back got hurt but they got Russ they have a good defense Patrick Sertain Bradley Chubb all this money I'm sure that they don't have a lot of cap space next I'd year. probably be the Bears that's how that's how I am thinking as well but just because the Bears have so much money next year and like they're younger and Russ just says look bad i mean i have them i have them on my bench of fantasy and i it's it's bad so they're kind of they kind of remind me of uh maybe not maybe not they're probably maybe worse actually they remind me of like 
the late like Cutler year Bears where they got talent on the offensive line, offensive end. They got Cutler, but like it's just not working. It's just not going to be. It's sustainable. I mean, I guess it's better than the the last two years of Cutler, like the 2015 and 2016 years, where it just like mm-hmm. this team is just awful. Yeah, like John Fox years. So like, oh boy, this is. I, yeah, and, and like I get Russell Wilson's getting old, but I'd probably say I'd rather be a Bears well, fan than a Broncos fan. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, you got four more years of Russell Wilson on that humongous contract, right? So hey, right. But, it could always that could be like our slogan for the year. Hey, we're not at least we're not the Broncos. Let's ride. That's right. Yeah, and they got that whole meme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so let's let's talk about the other. I mean, well, let's let's quickly touch on the defense because the defense played well. I think defense played well. They got forced. They got three sacks. Um, they're. I they I, I think you still want to see more constant pressure. You're you're seeing mm-hmm. pressure from Dominic Robinson and. Tosh Gibson, they're not playing enough. They need to be playing almost every play at this point. Uh, it would be kind of nice to see a uh, Robert Quinn sighting. Well, now they're they're talking about taking trade offers for him. What, what are you gonna get? I mean, at Seventh this point, rounder? like at this point, to take get anything because like he's, I think this is his last year, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think you just you know if you get a six fifth, fifth six round pick for him. You're gonna. You're not gonna get a fifth round pick. That'd be awesome. If you're gonna get or you get a sixth, seventh round pick, whatever. That's better than getting nothing for him. I think he's not producing. A big part of the game, and we haven't obviously talked about it, is the muff punt. Yeah. Well, I, I, the only thing I'll say about the defense before we move on, real quick, is that is the only people that I truly, truly, truly care about watching is Roquan, and he and he has. He has after his week one where he played great. He's kind of steadily declined in terms of like big plays or making like that big stop. Like you've seen a couple times where he has maybe missed a tackle in the backfield that could have that kept the drive alive, whatever it may be. But number six and number nine are the two guys that I am yeah got my eyes on, and I have been pleasantly surprised. Not that I was they're, expecting they're getting him to be better bad. each week. Yeah, that's that's all I could ask for. Yep. Kyler Gordon making plays. I know he's, you know, kind of been thrown out there, and he's going to be going against the best guys all all the time as a rookie. Yeah, and I think that's, that's fine. You know, people are like, well, you know, he's a rookie. I'm like, I'd rather get him used and abused in a season that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's right? it's not like he's like, oh, we drafted him to be like the, we're a championship contending team, but we're missing a cornerback, and then he's getting. Yeah, and I think you know the person who surprised maybe the, me the most has been Jalen Johnson. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have the. Well, Kendall Vildor has been my biggest surprise. Yeah, Vildor's one eighty from last year has been great. Uh, I would Johnson, I would love if he just was like a solid, like um, Bryce Callahan type player oh, for yeah. the Bears after like having that years. horrible season, just like solid, like dependable, reliable guy. That would be just yeah. wonderful. Be like, hey, remember when he sucked for that year and everyone hated him, and now he's like, people really didn't like him last year. But yeah, the the muff punt. That's, you know, that's the biggest thing. What's what's your takeaway on on Velas Jones? Two muff punts possibly causing two losses. Um, the Bears. 
Yeah, because you brought him in not to be a wide receiver, but to be a special team specialist. He was You're, the he his accolades at Tennessee, his awards he got were on the special end side of the ball. Two muff punts. Um. Yeah, and especially since let's be honest, Washington was not going to score. Right, they no. were up seven to six. They they were not going to score. Um, all he has to do is fair catch it and run forward and get away from the ball. First of all, I don't know why you're trying to even feel the ball um, within your own five yard line. Right, you, you never. Mm-hmm. Right, if they make a great play where they tip the ball in and they down at the one or two yard line, or you know, if, so if or it. like the, the ball takes like a crazy bounce, you just like tip your hat to the punter. And yeah, it's like, you, you tip your hat, but you don't. It's put like the yourself... it's like the pitcher, like the it's like the hitter making a great play or whatever it is, and then like you get robbed at the the wall by the center fielder, and you just say, hey, tip your hat to that guy. Like I did what I had to do, but you just made a great play. Right. Right. But yeah, that that was the point where you're like, it, it just sucked the momentum out. And you know, they get the ball back, they're driving, and then Smith drops the ball. I mean, it would have been a close fourth down. You know, that fourth and fifteen, it would have been close. But he was on the run, drops the ball. Obviously, yeah. he got cut last night. Thank God. If, if he makes that play and he doesn't get it, like you're pro- you're probably still a little upset, but you're like. All right, at least he caught it. He doesn't get the right, and that's the frustrating. Like you're relying on people who won't be on the team to make big plays. Practice squad players, or at best, other than Darnell, Darnell Mooney, the best the best skill players, uh, receivers on the Bears are like those guys in fantasy who have like one great week, and then there's like one to two points for the rest of the season. Like that's like their their cap. They're max. Right. right. We had that. We had – what else? Uh, what and else? then they missed the field goal, right? They missed the field goal. And you're like, okay, there's a chance here. Because if they kick the field goal, you're down 15-7. to seven, You're down by eight again. And you're like, okay, this is like the Giants game all over again. And then you get down to the – Three yard line or five yard line, you can't score. And like know? I said, it, it happened. A, it was such a swing so many of emotions. Times already. It was such a swing of emotions because I was at Ivy Coney, and I was in the back part, and um, you know there had to be about almost a hundred Bear fans there, and you know like the place was going crazy, Kev, when he missed that field goal. It was just like okay, there's like a minute and a half left. Let's see what happens. And then when Fields ran that 35-yard run, you're like, holy shit, they're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to win this. And then when Mooney caught it, Bob Lip caught it, I, I knew he wasn't in. Like, you could yeah, you, you could land. tell. Like, if, if, you, like, if you watch enough football, you know. Short. Um, I think the frustrating thing is, and, and Fields said this earlier this week, is that you are tired of being close. Mm-hmm. Right, Eberflus isn't wrong in saying like, "Hey, the team is getting closer and closer," and Fields isn't wrong by saying we're getting tired of hearing that we're getting closer and closer and closer. Like, eventually, the Bears just need to win a close game, and you know they show that they can play with good teams in the NFL. So I think the Giants are the best. Like, 
I can't believe the Giants are five and one. <laughs> I know. The Vikings are five and one. I know. Now, now you're saying like, oh, we lost to the Giants. You're like, hey, they're they're a five and one team. Yeah, they're five and one. We lost uh, to a five and one team. Well, and like if you think about it, like the fact that this team is in so many close games, Fields, I think has I think Fields compared to last year has shown I know that whole the number of passes type deal is not ideal but you're seeing some things where you're like okay we can work with this we we have a coaching staff that I think knows what they're doing we are disciplined in terms of penalties compared to the last few years this all I think now it's the we don't have enough talent. That whole thing rears its ugly head. And that's probably true. If you have any, like, if you have, like, the number one, the, the, let's say, like, a top 20 receiver, like, anywhere in, like, the 15 to 20 Christian Kirk on the Jaguars, who was signed in the offseason. You got someone like that on this team. You might that could win you a game or multiple games. It just, it's just it's tough good. to see. <laughs> yeah, like Kirk is good. I mean, he's but but I mean, like compared to yeah, the other well, it's crazy. Like I was listening to a podcast and they were saying if Darnell Mooney was on the Seattle Seahawks, he'd be their third wide receiver. Absolutely right with Lockett and Metcalf. Mm-hmm. On on the Redskins, he or sorry, the Commanders who just came out naturally. The, on the Commanders, he would probably be the third best receiver on their team with Curtis Samuel and uh, Terry McLaurin. I know the stats don't show. And, and Dotson or Jahan Dotson. Yeah, and Jahan Dotson's good too. He could yeah. he could be a three four. It could be like a toss up. Right. Right. Um, it just like it just. It's not just the receivers too. Like the offensive line is just it's not scary. good. It's not good, and scary. it's young. Which those two combinations. And we we defended the offensive line. We have. Uh, we def- I don't. We don't defend it as a unit. I could defend the young players on the O line. Like I will go to bat for uh, a Jones or uh, a Jenkins, a Borum. But when you see when you have someone like Lucas Patrick who sucks coming in, then you're just like, okay, I can't defend this, like, this veteran coming in and being bad. Right. When you're paying and here's the thing, are they going to, they said they're going to mix up the line possibly this week, you know, they kind of have a mini buy with the Thursday and them, the the Monday night game, so sorry again, America. Um, Yeah, Yeah. you know what, like, and we'll get into, like, the, the preview of that game, but, like, that's wouldn't it just be so bears if they just won that game somehow? Like, you know, it's weird. Uh, New England has beat up on Detroit and Cleveland. You know, they're just beating up on the Rust Belt right now, and we're next. So mm. they, are they going to go three and zero against the Rust Belt <laughs> in three and three weeks? So probably, we'll probably but yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think New England is. You know, I get that they're hot, um, but they've also beat up on some bad teams. Cleveland is a mess. Detroit is a mess. Um, and they're going to face us who's a mess. So, but you can, you got to beat the teams that they play in front of you. I think what's frustrating with the bears is like, they very well easily could have beat the giants. 
Um, Vikings, you know, they put up a fight, but they did have a lead. In that I wouldn't. Game. I wouldn't say that they probably were going to win that game. That would. That would have been like a whole like. Oh my goodness, we won that right. game. But, the Giants, we totally like. We could have won that game. Yeah. The uh, Washington game, we could have won that game. Yeah. And then, and it's there, a completely different, yeah. you know, situation. It's, it's, and if you look at, you know, in 2020 and 2021, what really hurt the Bears was they had a six-game losing streak in 2020. And they still made the playoffs. Um, and they had a five-game losing streak last year. And it's just like, here you go again. These three-game losing streaks. And that, it, you know, you look at their schedule coming up. And it they're out of that easy part of their schedule. We, we definitely said looking into this that, that there are pockets where, you know, we're not saying that they're a playoff team by any means necessary. We did. We projected them to go 7-10. and 10. Um, right now, our corrections, we, we have been right four times. Uh, we've been wrong two times. So four and two, we're four and two. What the we're bears could two. be. If the, if, so what it would have been, if we were wrong, the bears would be four and two and we'd be two and four. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah. But you look at the schedule coming up, Patriots on Monday night, Dallas, Miami, Lions, Falcons, Jets. And then Packers again, and you're like, well, here's that second kind of part of the, the, the pocket of the season. Now, obviously, you look at the Texans, Giants, Vikings, Commanders, you're like, okay, if they're going to pack wins early, that's where they're going to do it. And, you know, you, you blew games against the Giants and Vikings. You know, the Vikings game, I mentioned this last week, was the first time they gave up a touchdown in the second half. The only two touchdowns they'd given up in the second half were the Vikings and then the Commanders back-to-back weeks, and it, it, it was really because of dumb mistakes, mm-hmm. um, especially the, the Washington game. New England, again, is on the road. They're again on the road uh, at Dallas. We actually, I actually predicted the Bears would beat Dallas. <laughs> right, well, and there are, there are games in uh, the upcoming schedule where maybe at the beginning when we were making our predictions that don't look as like, oh, it could be a toss-up or it could be close. Like, the Jets look pretty good, like, comparative yeah. to the Bears. Like, I know they yeah. beat the Packers. Jets are 4-2. and two. The Jets are 4-2. and two. Like, they have so much talent, young talent, that even, even though they're young, like, that's more talent than the Bears have. And a team that might have been like, okay, we can compete with these guys. We, it could be a Bears win. I don't know anymore, you know. And the Falcons have played decent against good teams. Like Falcons they've been three and three. So it's like there are games coming up where you're like, okay, the Bears could, uh, you know, rack yeah. up. You know, a few you wins look here. at it. Or maybe not so much. Yeah, and they're saying, uh, you know, on certain podcasts and articles, you're like, you know, find me another two or three wins on this roster. And obviously, we, you know, I think maybe they can beat the Dolphins because the Dolphins right now are in a free fall. Lions don't look good. Atlanta, I can see him maybe beating Atlanta. You know, I did have him with the upset pick over the Eagles. Um, Eagles look unstoppable right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, they. But well, like in like the Jets too, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, they, you know, Zach Wilson, but the fact that they have uh, in New York Hall running like for a hundred yards every game, or like if they're running against uh, running, if he's run for a hundred yards against like decent defenses, like he's probably going to run for two hundred yards against the Bears. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's you you got to beat the teams that you are on the same par with or you're probably better with on paper. And the thing is, there was nothing fancy about 
these last three weeks and these last three losses, the Giants just kind of bullied you in the first half. You made the adjustments in the second half and, you know, took over the game. And then you just let stupid shit happen. You know, Minnesota, you fought and climbed back into that game. Put yourself in a position where you're winning 20, you know, 21, 20, or I'm, excuse me, uh, 22, 21. You gave up a bad touchdown and then a cheap, cheap two-point conversion. And, okay, I'm sorry. But losing the game three weeks in a row on fumbles, that's what it is. I'm, that's yeah. what it really is to me. Well, and it's like, at, at least, like, silver lining here, at least it's, it's way, like, it's it's not, like, coach, you can't, as a, as a coaching staff, you can't help your team fumbling, like, in those situations. Like, they're, the team's putting you in the best position to win, or the coaching staff's putting you in the best I'd position. Rather, I'd rather have bum, bums fuck up the game. Now, granted, your third-round draft pick kind of fucked up. No, did fuck up. Yeah, in two twice. Of those. Yeah, twice. twice. But, you know... Smith is gone, mm-hmm. right? He got cut. He wasn't going to be on the team long anyway. Um, you know, Fields did put you in a spot to win last week, right? He put you in an area where you can win the game. Well, he's he's done it multiple times now, where you're like, okay, like he and, has. And, and Mooney let him down. That's what you remember. It was. You remember Mooney in the uh, in what was it the what what was it where like Mitch? Oh no, it was it was the. Uh, was double doink. Game. It was a double yeah. dunk, doink game where Mitch like led that drive to get them in scoring position. Everyone's like, "Way to go, Mitch!" Like, this is what we're talking about. This is where he like. This is why we drafted him. This is why you know he's showing potential. Like on a smaller, smaller scale, Justin Fields kinda has shown that a little bit. Um, but then you have all these other things, muff punts and fumbles and bad holding calls, and just just like you know, you can only you can only control so much. If you're Justin Fields and the coaching staff, so I am not one of these Bears fans or you know talking heads where I'm anti-Fields and reading the stats where he's, you know, him getting sacked, it's his fault and it's not the offensive line. If you if you have it's two both. eyes, it's a matter of both. It's a matter of both. But if you have two eyes, you're like he's got no time. Like, yeah, sure, could he be making a read and are the guys open? Sure, but like. You see it. I mean, I see it. You see it. Tim sees it. You're just getting. He's getting nonstop pressure. And like when there are when there are plays, yes, he's like that play in the was that the second red zone uh, attempt where he like had the guy the tight end wide open. Yeah, that was the second one. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good. That was a really good play call. Good play call. Like we said it earlier on this podcast was like if you put Cole Komet in there, Cole Komet's not covered or Cole Komet's covered. Yeah. Right. That's why you kind of had him in there. Because no one thinks he's gonna like leak out and go for a pass. Like th- he misses it. That's it, it. Wasn't like it's a, you know, it was a little dumb pass that he overthrew. I get it. In the moment, I was pissed. Like I, 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 I want to see him make the pass, but it's not like it's he is like constantly overthrowing people like Mitch was, or like he can't, you know, roll out I mean, to his. Yeah, his touchdown to Pettis was great. Yeah, it's a, it's a great throw. Like right if you're there. gonna have if you're gonna have your quarterback make the th- make a throw, like you want to see him like thread the needle rather than like oh like it just got away from him like it happens like 
other quarter it happens to other quarterbacks. But I think I would like it. to see him just taking shots. You know, let him throw at the ball. Point, at this point, let him throw the ball. Yeah. You know, if it's a bat, if it's an interception, hey, look at it as like a punt. You know, if well, it's inside the 15, it's a punt. If exactly. Third and long, you throw a pick inside the 15, or their 15, you know, it's a punt. Well, at this point, so we're probably going to end up, I'm going to, I'm gonna, just going to assume with a top 10 pick. I don't think yeah, that the Bears. Like top six or eight. There's well, some whatever, bad teams. NFL whatever, history. yeah, whatever it may be. So I, let's just we'll call it top eight. There are a lot of glaring holes, and we don't know what the Bears are going to do via free agency in right. the offseason. But like, it just right now, if you had to pick best available at each position, would you go? Would you go towards O line, or would you go receiver? I think you might go receiver. I, I'm okay. I. You can always get a uh, – if there's a good offensive lineman in the second round, go get him in the second round. But I think you – you and I'm not a guy who usually advocates for dra- drafting wide receivers. Um, like it, like round, if, it, if, it's, like if it's, it's a clear, like, offensive lineman is equal to this receiver, it's not like, oh. Yeah, and, and, like, offensive line, there's so many good offensive linemen. Uh, granted, there's so many – there's always seemed like you can always get values with either offensive line or wide receivers. But if there is a really good wide receiver, go get them. And you know what? Go get a wide receiver in free agency or make a trade for one. In today's NFL, it's no longer the ground and pound offense as it once was. It's airing it out. And whether I may not be a fan of it or Bear fans may not be a fan of it, you do need to put weapons in it because then it makes Mooney a number two or possibly three, and that's not a knock on him. You know, we talked about it briefly last week is, do you trade for a DJ Moore? I'm not giving up a first-round pick for DJ Moore. He's not worth a first-round pick. He's not even probably worth a second-round pick, but maybe a third- and fourth-round pick. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you draft another wide receiver, you know, in the first round. You're like, okay, now we got a room. Right, we have a young guy, we have Moody, and we have more. That could that could be huge. Um, and I get that you probably shouldn't be drafting. You should be trading assets now because you're not going to go anywhere. But if you can start building a chemistry now going into next year, that can help. Yeah, a lot. if it's if it's minimal, absolutely. Right. If it's right. minimal, and like in the way I think about it, like I agree with you. I think that. If the in the draft, I know, and I know we're talking way ahead, just because I think that's like where we can get into a positive headspace as a as a fan base with the Bears right now, because they're not going to be good for the rest of the season. On this on this team currently, if you were to have a let's say Pro Bowl right tackle, or no, let's say let's say if you had a Pro Bowl left tackle instead of Braxton Jones in this scenario. Or if you had a Pro Bowl wide receiver, which one was going to give the Bears at, at this point in the season? If you had them to start the season, which one would give you more wins? I think the receiver yeah. might, might give you a win. Because I, I think that has shown is, is what's needed. Like if you have in that scenario with with uh, Darnell Mooney, if you if you have a Pro Bowl wide receiver in all the situations where like he's got no one's open, 
you know, there's no one to throw to. I think that's what's going to be beneficial for the Bears is to go go with a receiver. Obviously, the however the draft plays out is its own thing, but who knows? We're already talking about the draft, which is not not a good yeah it's good not thing even as, fucking as November. All right, well, well let's let's talk about um, the upcoming Monday night primetime game before we get out of here. But Bears at Patriots. Will it be stop me for a second? Oh, you got. I got bear news. You got some bear news. You got some bear news. Bear alert. Bear alert. Bear alert. I yeah. I see. I don't have them. Yeah, Tim's Tim's, Tim's a bear alert guy. He's in Hawaii. Yeah. See, honest, no, is he doing no, like his honeymoon or something? Or I, I guess it's a late honeymoon. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Hawaii's great. I love Hawaii. Um, this is a weird story, and it's fucked up. And these two young men are lucky to be alive. Let's just say that. So, four college wrestlers from Northwest College, which is a junior college out in Idaho. All these four young men were out on a um, hike. Two of them went off together. They started noticing bear signs. Right when they started noticing bear signs, a big old Mamba Jamba grizzly bear came out. Kev, if you saw, if you were on a hike, you and I were like dicking around on a hike, and you saw a grizzly bear, would you shit your pants? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I can't imagine getting close to close. The bear attacked these two guys. Uh, One of the young kids has his arm completely bandaged up and parts of his head encaved and scarred up um the the guy said in the interview he could feel the the crushing of his skull and the only reason why he's alive is their wrestling instincts kicked in and they were able to fight off the bear now the bear was believed to be about eight feet tall and five thousand pounds big that is five thousand pounds yeah Jesus Christ. Monster. And they were like the guy, I guess, got up behind it and pulled its ears. And the bear was like was they were able to like wrestle it and kind of shake him away. And the bear got out. But not after the bear obviously did some damage on both these young guys. Um, And it's scary that those guys are lucky to be alive. Yeah, that it's. I'm you know, glad it's a. You know, it's, it's a making national. Both, news everyone right survives, now. but yeah, yeah. that just goes to show you that like bears are not to be just not not that they were like provoking anything, but like just bears are fucking crazy. You just yeah, I would wild as much animals, as, man. As much as I love bears, the team and the animal, I would not want to ever like come into contact face to face with a bear. That's just not. I like watching them from a distance at the zoo, videos of bears, like eating salmon in a stream. Never would I want to come across one in real time. But yeah, thank goodness everyone's okay. Yeah, I mean, if it was a gorilla, I'm sure those wrestlers probably would have had them. Well, the gorilla never would have came after him. In three seconds. Never would have came (laughs) after him. The gorilla would have been like, oh, hey, burn down my rainforest. I don't care. I'm not going to fight back. The gorilla would have got teched in like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's a fish. They're going to get pinned. They're going to get pinned in a second. Uh, they're, just, right. they're just not good animals, Kev. Like, they're, no. Not, they're, not, even, not even like, like I'm being serious right now. Like, not even just 
Not not just bad animals. Bad, bad, bad animals. Don't even. They eat their own poo. They don't have like, claws. Like in the primates subcategory, like gorillas are like not like yeah, do monkeys, orangutans. Like Chimpan- so many- I'm more afraid of chimpanzees. Chimpanzees. Oh yeah, I'd rather. If there was a. I would rather be with a gorilla than a chimpanzee. Chimpanzees have been known to like go after like your fingers and your nose because they. Oh, and they eat them. each other. They're cannibals yeah, and they're, just. They they Kevin. They learn how to use spears. They make spears out of like bamboo sticks and they they hunt each other with it. Well, and that's the thing too that like uh you know in 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 the ever ongoing argument of uh gorilla versus bear who would win a fight that's what everyone says is oh well a gorilla would like learn how to use a weapon and that's just easy win for the gorilla no it's not the it's not the gorilla that knows how to use weapons it's chimpanzees they've shown it you don't have records of gorillas like forming spears or like nunchucks out of you know bamboo it's the chimpanzees you got like three chimpanzees on one gorilla they could they i i would say that three chimpanzees could take out a one gorilla easier than you'd think. And a bear could wipe out a whole village of, of chimpanzees and gorillas too. Yeah. All right, yeah. Bears, Bears, Patriots, upcoming game. I mean, not much, not much to talk about. The Patriots are the better team. Patriots are a better team. They're a seven and a half point favorite. Um, I'm going to be watching this game probably with a bunch of Boston people from work. So. No, that'll be fun. Not really. <laughs> get to hear sw- about how great Boston is. Are you going to switch up the location? Are you going to go to Ivy Coney or somewhere different? The Bears lost. Uh, I might time. go to a place called. Um, it is called what's a uh, Dirty Water. It's a Boston bar, and I've been there once, like at like one a.m. And one of my buddies threw up at the bar, but no one saw anything. And then he kicked the throw up underneath the bar. Um, classy yeah yeah oh it's boston bar i think that's like how you tip at a boston bar yeah it's yeah throw up they they tip and throw up (laughs) but um it it looks like how a kid would design their bar like they their bar looks like the green monster and stuff Mm. like that um you know i've I've only been there once it's it's a very divey place it it definitely has a feel of like ivy coney where you go upstairs and watch the game i've ne- I've never been there obviously I've only visited you once and i we haven't we haven't gone to the place but do they if you know it seems like a place that would have like, like bathrooms yes, I can assume that too but do they are there drinks like named after like patriots like players yeah you know, like i the green monster I was, shot. I, I was there like at like 1.32 a.m. And we just ordered a couple like Miller Lights. Yeah. They probably have something on the menu like, give me a dirty David Ortiz. Yeah. Or a body. Give me a Pedro Martinez on a, the rocks. A, a body or something, you know. <laughs> Can and, I get a, give me a, a Kurt Schilling's bloody sock, no salt. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um. However, I want to bring up this question to you and we haven't done a power ranking in a while but what are like you know we we face a lot of big name market teams this year obviously with new york philly washington new england slash boston uh you know green bay um what are some like cities that you just don't like because of their fans like what cities do you think has the worst fans 
Um, well, on the contrary, I don't mind Philadelphia fans. Yeah, they'll enough, tell you they hate you, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I don't mind Philadelphia fans because, like, they know that they're, like, obnoxious. Everyone else knows they're obnoxious. And, like, they have cool teams. Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. Like, they have cool teams. It's not like, you know, you have uh, it's Seattle Kraken fans that are assholes where you're like, why are you so, like, mean? Like, they're, I don't know. Um, Dallas is number probably a top one. Boston has got to be Boston's up there. probably my number one. And it's like, I don't hate their teams, right? Like, I don't hate the Red Sox. I don't hate the Celtics or anything like that, or even the Patriots. I think it's just that they went from, like, a franchise that was – or franchises that never won, and all of a sudden they won for, like, 20 years. And yeah. And all that's, four and, major sports won, too. Well, and, the, and I think, too, like, probably if you talk to, like, an older Boston sports fan, they would be – they wouldn't be as insufferable. But, like, if you talk to someone who's, like, 22, 23, 30 – whatever they're probably like just horrible people to talk to because that's all they've never known is yeah when stanley cups and super bowls and nba championships you know, we beat every, them in the stanley cup though that's true we did but every major sports team has won a championship in like the last 20 years right yeah i mean we've seen them all in it obviously it's been a while since the bulls and the bears lost um I, I, Boston's my least favorite. It's just because of the fans, and it's just like Philly. I get, I know why people hate Philly, like the booing, the throwing batteries at people. Like, yeah, that's really bad shit. Yeah. But like, I'd rather have someone who tells you they hate you, than like the person who's like, oh, we're friends, and they just make fun of you the entire time when you're at a game. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Jesus Christ, you're annoying. I'm trying to think some others. That's the that's the biggest one. I think probably Boston and and Dallas. Not even so much. Just probably just Cowboy fans. I mean, Stars fans, Mavericks fans. I'm sure are probably whatever. But Cowboys fans are like not just Dallas. It's just America. Um, L.A. doesn't bother me as much just because like being in L.A. so often, I notice that nobody cares that much really. Like I know when their teams are good, it's like oh L A. Like of course they're of course they're going to be good. They probably have like an owner that's spending a lot of money. But like I've been to multiple Dodgers games where like nobody like cares about what's going on. Um, so I don't find them insufferable. See, I hate L A. fans. Yeah, like they don't they don't bother me because they don't like they'd rather be doing something else in my opinion. Like they'd rather be at the beach or. There's so many other things to do in LA. Like sports games are not like, then is it's not like the number one thing. Do you think it is like with LA? It's like, um, like as grumpy Midwesterners we see LA is like, oh look at these guys. One, yeah, one hundred percent. I love LA. So I mean, I mean, I know I talked to your buddies in uh, DC who are from LA. How much how great it is. But I I do really like LA. Um, and yeah, it's definitely. Probably like a bunch of Debbie Downers in the Midwest who are cold and think of LA as being this, you know, it's Hollywood and no blah, 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 blah. But like, it's a great place. But and their fans aren't like nationally like jerks. I mean, maybe if you're talking like Dodgers, Giants fans to each other, sure. Yeah, there are probably plenty of stories about how bad it is. Um, but nationally, I don't mind LA. 
So yeah, I can't, other than the two that I said, the Cowboys fans and then all of Boston fans, New York doesn't really get me. Yankees fans, eh. I mean, um, Yankees in the 90s and 2000s, I get. And like, yeah, they're fucking annoying. But like, from tw- like the Yankees, first time in their history from 2010 to 2020 did not make the World Series, right? They've always been in every World Series once in a decade and they didn't do it in that decade so i i feel like the lust of the yankees just or the lore of the yankees excuse me um it's it's not as big you know i'll give you one that's probably like it's probably not like in my top five but i get kind of uh i it kind of like irks me it's seattle fans you know you got the uh, 12th man when he had the Seahawks that's annoying you're like okay like oh you're making such a big difference when like Arrowhead is probably a better atmosphere to play in harder atmosphere to play in and then you got the fans who are saying that the Sonics shouldn't have left so like you got you got Seattle people living in Seattle who are Seattle fans being like we're the best fans like we have the Seahawks we're awesome but then they're also playing like oh we lost the Sonics woe is me same thing with like the Mariners because like the Mariners haven't been good in so long until they made the playoffs this year so Seattle fans I'm kind of like eh on yeah like like, and especially with when they were in the Super Bowl like that was the worst like it's a team that has like bright lime lime jerseys like you got players that aren't necessarily the most like likable with like Richard Sherman and people like that. We were just like, Oh my God, they're going to be in the super bowl. Of course. I'm not going to root for them. Um, that's just another one I thought of real quick, but you got anyone else? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Boston. Boston's probably it's the number Boston, one. Dallas, New York, yeah. LA. Yeah. Detroit. Like they've been so bad. Like in recent years or like, you can't even be like, well, the Red Wings, like, no, they've been bad too. So, all right. Well, just want to give a quick, uh, what, do you, what do you got a prediction for? Uh, I'm going to go 23-16 Patriots. Yeah, hey, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm going to go 20, 20, 24, 24. God, if I say 14, that means we get two touchdowns. So I'm going to go 24-13 Patriots. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win somehow. I mean, I would love. I wish Mac Jones was playing. We haven't been the Patriots in forever. Yeah, since like the nineties. So it's, I, it's uh, been a while. Probably not going to happen. I would just, would like to see Mac Jones play. Kev, we have a. We're facing each other off in fantasy. Yeah, you're the three seed. I'm the four seed right now. And uh, are you are you the two? You might be the two. I might be the two. I, uh, yeah, I think I might be the two. I don't. Know, me and Nico are kind of like he beat me head to head, but I might have more points for my right. team total, but. We'll discuss. We'll discuss next episode, like who won. I'm sure it'll be we'll yeah. going back and forth. But you got anything else, Jackson? Before we sign off, uh, I'm going bowling at the White House on Friday. That's a pretty cool. I mean, if That's I that, cool. I would if I were you, that would be like one of the things I would bring in the conversation casually, like all the time. Like, oh, oh, you guys want to go bowling? No, not really. Oh, why? Are you, it's a funny yeah, thing. I went I, bowling at the White House. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Like this is where Richard Nixon bowled. Yeah, <laughs> you know, type of thing. And, and even if you don't, if you bowl a terrible game, just tell everyone, yeah, I bowled the three hundred. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be awful. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that Saturday's single... my birthday. Um, hey, you're you just got all everything's 
coming up for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Birthday, bowling I mean, at the White House. I wish Penn State would have beaten Michigan last week, which was yeah. insane. That was yeah, crazy. it wasn't just they got creamed. They got creamed. So this week is the whiteout against Minnesota. And then next week they can get creamed against Ohio State. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But real, real quick, James Franklin should stay, should go. Is this it James is where, Franklin? Is it? Is it this just is where the past four or five years, middle of October, where they just fall apart, right? Because this Michigan would have Michigan. State. I mean, they usually beat Michigan at home, but they can never beat Michigan in Michigan. Um, they always lose like a random game in, in Ohio State. They always choke on. So, yeah, last year was the Illinois game. Who knows? Last could year be. that was stupid. That they should have won that game. Because if there wasn't that stupid new overtime rule, you know, they'd probably win, but oh well. And and the Illini continue to win. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Are they ranked now like 17 or something? Something like that. First in the Big Ten West. That's crazy. That's a, a I hope they thing. win the Big Ten West, and then they're going to lose by like 60 to Ohio State. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's <laughs> that'd be fun. I mean, hey, if you're if – you're And then they're going to end up like in a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's the thing. A, yeah, if, if you're a U, if you are at U of I or you're a U of I fan, like you did not expect this. Like you just take, take they're what's bowl, there. I think they're, I think they're bowl eligible, or they need one yeah. more win to be bowl eligible. Yeah, you're just happy. Like if you, if you win the Big Ten West and you get creamed in the uh, Big Ten Championship, like no one was expecting you to be there. Just now, you're gonna be like you said in one of those big bowls. Gonna be watching the Illini play in late December, early January. Hey, be happy about it. Other than that, Jackson, you got anything else before we sign off? I got nothing. All right. Thank you for listening. Listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Other than that, team her out. Later. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!